The following episode of The Walking Dead Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is the premier source of spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Choose from their extensive catalog of over 215,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, comedy specials, magazine and newspaper publishers, business information providers, as well as many other products. Audible is also the preeminent provider of spoken word audio podcasts for Apple's iTunes Store. In addition to audio programs from outside publishers, Audible.com introduces Audible Studios. Matching the most imaginative and esteemed authors with the world's best performers, including Academy Award winners, respected stage actors, and Juilliard graduates, Audible Studios produces a diverse catalog of engaging audio ventures for every age. Sign up today for your free, no-obligation trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash dead. You'll get a free audiobook, and you'll be helping to support The Walking Dead podcast. So head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash dead and start a new adventure today. And now, we're pleased to present the latest episode of The Walking Dead podcast. We always think there's going to be more time. It's the Walking Dead Podcast. Got any advice for me? Yeah, I'd say make a run for it. This is the Walking Dead Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Walking Dead television show on AMC and the Walking Dead comic from Image Comics. Come on, come on! So sit back, relax, and join the herd.
And welcome back to another episode of the Walking Dead podcast. I'm Scott, and here with me, as always, except what he's not, is Mr. Gary. Hey, I'm here. We're talking about Rick. Hey, yeah, yeah, we are early. You know, well, we weren't talking about Rick before. We were talking about. Did you notice Roy Harper lost a lot of weight? <laughs> that old go-to. There's yeah, so much material to mind out of that one. We're, I think. I think I'm about to get a phone call from the dead horse. <laughs> stop beating me. Please stop. stop. Well, a uh, big episode. Big episode yes. this week. Um, I was had kind of mixed feelings about what we found out about it after. Um, I like it. I'm not saying I don't, but kind of mixed feelings about it. Yeah. I was I just, just reading. Yeah, I was just reading a little bit about Lauren Cohan. Um, I was wondering if they were going to do some kind of special thing for her too, but apparently no. I've read either that that was her last episode <laughs> the other night, or she's going to be in one more. Wow! But I'm guessing that uh, the first thing I read was correct that they just had her on the first five because I heard she's not in the second eight at all. Hmm. So this would be a good way for her to go out and then they can come up with some creative way that she died or something like that, or she and, disappeared or you just don't see her. I and they know. did kind of, uh, unintentionally maybe, or maybe intentionally, I don't know, wrap up her story kind of well with the scenes she had in this week's episode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so they, they gave her her moment too, even if she doesn't end up being in anymore, you know, the rest of the season. Yeah, so. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Anyway, now on to the Sanctified Boilerplate. This is episode 222 of the podcast. Hey, we're triple digits, man. Yeah, that's kind of cool, huh? Yeah, although technically we've been in triple digits since 100, but let's not get bogged down. Yeah, yeah we're not splitting hairs here. You know, it's, yeah, it's, cool. it's all right. As always, you can leave your comments and split hairs. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> As always, you can leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com or by posting a comment on our Facebook page, which is at Facebook, but let's not split hairs. <laughs> yeah. Why would we do that? <laughs> we Why we start out? <laughs> Facebook, of course, being the root of all evil in the world. Use hey, by the way, that dead horse is calling again? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, have it on, I have it on silent, though. Okay. <laughs> it's actually Roy Harper calling. <laughs> I like my Facebook page, damn it. <laughs> you could also give us a call on our voicemail line at 561-501-1483. As long as you're not the dead horse, yeah, let us know what's on your walking dead mind. Again, that's 561-501-1483. Roy Harper's no need to call. Yeah, Roy, just <laughs> go shoot someone with an yeah. arrow. You're pretty good at that. Yes, indeed. And now on to the main event. Our recap of Season 9, Episode 5, What Comes After. Just different than what comes before. They're polar it opposites, is. Gary. Yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> season 5 was really good. Yes, it was. 
I miss okay. it. Okay, we got to get the transition music here. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't follow me. I'm a bad example. We're, we're rambling. A little bit. My fault. That's my fault. <laughs> Well, Gary, I am no longer cautiously optimistic. I am now fully optimistic. Yeah, same here. Yes. There was never a point when I didn't enjoy this episode, but there were points when I wished they hadn't done so many of those stream of consciousness flashback scenes. But again, let's not split hairs. (laughs) Yeah. Why start now? Right. Because it was a good episode. It was a great episode. Yeah. I I found the payoff was so rewarding that I disregarded Mm -hmm. those issues. And really yeah. appreciated what they did with the episode. And as I'm sure many people echoed, the ending was a really amazing payoff. Absolutely. And totally oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Say that again. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Awesome episode. Yeah. And oh yeah, that horse is officially a dick. <laughs> I just love that that night as you were watching the episode, you're like, wow, the horse is a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got to it later and I'm like, yeah, that horse is a dick. Yeah. I'm echoing Chris Hardwick here. He created Porch Dick, and now we have Horse Dick. <laughs> yeah, yep. come on, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, that horse was a total dick. It's a shame. Beautiful horse, and Rick saved him from becoming lunch. Yes, Which reminds me. You know, at the end, I don't know if you noticed that carriage thing that the new people had been on. I mean, that figures prominently in oh, the yeah. art the art of that scene in the book. Yeah. Because they're trapped, they're actually trapped on top of it. And they get off because the, the zombies are about to eat their horses. Mm. Well, in this, you know, they run off and they leave the horses there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And the horses are like still attached to this carriage. So they're like dead. <laughs> they're lunch. Yeah. yeah, they're lunch. I like that poor horse and the pilot. <clears throat> yeah. So... Anyway, this was 99% a fitting and dignified send-off for Rick Grimes. I only had one very minor issue with it, but even that was more of a peripheral notice, you see, than an actual problem. Just a peripheral side. couldn't ruin this episode for me. No, and that's, that's not for lack of trying on her part. <laughs> she was there, and I was annoyed from the minute I saw her, but then I'm like, oh. well, you know what? It's still one of the better episodes we've had in a while. So. And you left the camper there. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. It's, you know, it's, I forgot for a moment. That's not, that's not, um, um, what was his name? Dale. Jeffrey DeMunn. Dale. It wasn't Dale's camper. Yeah. That was the other one that, uh, uh, Aaron had. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's just jump right in to likes and dislikes. All right. Get this, get this going. My first one. And they're not, I, we used to, I used to rank them from least to best, mm-hmm. uh, but I just randomly make a list. Yeah. It's simpler that way. I just write them as they occur to me. So no need to tax the, tax the brain any more than necessary. Yeah. Our brains are taxed enough. Uh, I left you an opening there and you didn't take it. So no, I was if I do that again. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Gary doesn't want to be like the horse. Very good. I don't want to be lunch. 
That's or Dick. <laughs> I don't want to be lunch either. <laughs> yeah, although I'd be quite a, quite, I'd be quite a feast. <laughs> they could eat <laughs> off me for days. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, uh, that 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 recalls that scene from um, The Road when Vigo oh. Mortensen finds that house with all the people locked in the basement because the people that captured them are like saving them. Yeah. To eat them a little bit at a time. <laughs> and they show like one guy in there had his leg cut off and you know what happened there. <laughs> like, yeah. That movie was so disturbing. Very, very hard to watch at points. But yeah. So disturbing. Definitely. Anyway, unlike, you know, if you really want to be like depressed about life, just watch five minutes of that movie. <laughs> yeah. although, although Garrett Dillahunt makes a cameo appearance, so not all bad. Yeah, I mean, I do like that guy, but... Uh. Robert Robert Duvall, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Guy Pierce and Charlize Theron. All right, there's too many names in there. <laughs> for the most part, I like the reappearance of the past characters, although seeing Sasha again really didn't add much for me. Yeah. <laughs> why aren't you on the Discovery? See, this is why you got busted, Michael Burnham. <clears throat> The appearance of Herschel meant something a little more since Scott Wilson just passed away. But other than that, I was underwhelmed by the scene since it was that, since that kind of thing has been done a million times. I mean, some people, I watched the Talking Dead episode to see, and they had an interview with Andrew Lincoln, but he wasn't actually on the show. Yeah. Our favorite host in the wide world, Yvette Nicole Brown, flew to <laughs> England to interview him. Oh, jeez. It was a really good interview, though, I thought. Um, and he seems like he, a really nice guy. And, of course, like he's, he's not Chevy Chase. He's not going to be an asshole in an interview. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, I thought they'd done that kind of a thing a million times. I apologize yeah. to what happened to you. Well, you did that with Shane just a minute ago. I don't know. Yeah, he kept coming back to that one. The scene with Shane was really good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great, especially with it being a callback to the very beginning of the series when they're eating in their car. Yeah, that was really awesome. The best part about it, though, was when Shane actually made the joke about his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for my family. Oh, is that what you're doing? I'm looking for your family, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not entirely true. One could argue it's my family you're looking for, right? <laughs> How is my baby girl, by the way? Got my eyes, don't you? She hasn't got your nose. <laughs> Good thing she ain't got my ears, man. <laughs> ah, you're, you're such an asshole. Oh, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I am the asshole. Mm. Same as you, really. Oh, you think I'm an asshole? Yeah, I think a thing, man. I know you're an asshole. I like to take credit for that, actually, Rick, when I think about it. I mean, I'm sure others did influence you, but I'd like to take full credit. And you know what's really interesting about that? On Wikipedia, and the season nine page for Walking Dead, it says Judith Grimes, the biological daughter of Lori Grimes and Shane. Yeah. So, okay. I guess we know. The maternity test is, uh, yeah. Didn't Rick mention that at one point on the show? That no, he knew it, was, it wasn't his daughter? I don't care. Uh, uh, no, wait. I don't remember... If he did, he may have alluded to the fact that he realized that rings a bell. And I think it was more like, I don't know. And yeah, it's probably his, but 
I don't care. I yeah, I vaguely remember something like that though. Something like I know she's not mine, but she's still yeah. my daughter or something. Yeah, like- I I I seen that seems to ring a bell, but I can't mm-hmm. remember if that happened. I don't remember him overtly saying yes, she's Shane's Shane's her biological father. I don't I don't remember him ever saying that. Uh, that's obviously been the running joke. Yeah. And even John Bernthal says that at conventions when people say, do you think Shane is actually Judah's father? And he goes, oh, I know for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> She's Shane's daughter. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that was cool that Rick acknowledges it in that. that yeah, that was really cool. And so, like, did. nonchalantly, too. It wasn't, yeah. like, a big hurtful thing. He was just like, yeah, she doesn't have your nose, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, thought that was, I thought that was a great scene. Yeah, that was really cool. Well, I thought the whole town rushing to save Rick was visually well done and served to help Rick metaphorically realize he had found his family. I really hated that it was a fake out. Yeah, that was the one that really kind of bugged me the most, I would say, as far as like the the fake out and the the fake outs and the wake up kind of moments. That was the worst one. Yeah. And it was such a cool moment. Right. And the thing is, they've done that many times, that exact thing. And I mean... To be fair, it was a really nice final scene between Andrew Lincoln and Denai Guerrero. Yeah. So, and it was a really nice way for her character, kind of even in a dream sequence, to say goodbye. But I thought it was, I thought, I thought it was all well done, and it was interesting to see the look back. And you? Um, I'm gonna then I'll also talk about the uh, a little more, I guess, about the. Uh, not flashback scenes, what we call that hallucination scenes. Um, I thought it was really well done too. Uh, the only issue I had like you really was, I don't know why they would pick Sasha. Probably cause she was available. I guess. But I mean, like I feel like even other people that were available and would want to do it, like they could have brought in someone more meaningful to Rick and fans. Mm, well, I, I guess it might've been also, she made a sacrifice for the group and she yeah. did it in front of them and so yeah. i guess in that that was kind of an honor to, to the way her character sacrificed herself to try and help and she was a little more recent than i than the rest of them yeah. I guess, so but again i i didn't the sasha character really never added anything for me yeah nothing nothing to do with the performance mm-hmm. and you know but she's it's interesting because she's a, not exactly a very likable character on star trek yeah <laughs> great great performance and really intense and well done but she just doesn't come off as a, often as a very sympathetic character yeah i agree uh, on discovery so but you know i i understand why they brought her back it just didn't, yeah didn't really do anything for me but um the rest of them like you said spot on i really loved seeing shane and him together again and it being yeah. basically a throwback to the first scene really with them together it was really cool to see and also uh like you said the herschel scene even just thinking about the fact that he's gone now and this was like one of the last things he did and um yeah actually i guess i saw you probably heard too i guess he was uh, scott wilson was able to see the finished scene oh i, I didn't away. i didn't and know it, that yeah yeah i guess they, they finished it and showed him before he passed away and he had tears in his eyes watching it that was and actually really cool that was actually the very last performance that Scott Wilson did. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was reading today, and I don't remember this, but he apparently died the same day they announced that his 
either the same day that they announced publicly or the same day it was announced at Comic-Con or something like that. I don't know. Oh, wow. It wasn't at Comic-Con because he just died a couple weeks ago. There were a few. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, what a impactful scene knowing that we know he's gone. That's kind of crazy. Anyway, it was, you know, it was a nice tribute to Herschel. Herschel was a a great character and and a very sympathetic character that everyone liked. And so, yeah, it was it was a good scene. I just the scene I felt was underwhelming because it was just like, "You're a good guy, Rick," and I'm yeah, Herschel. I'm sorry this happened to you. Okay, I think we all knew that though. It's kind of cool though. Through each of those hallucinations, they kind of focused on a different part of what Rick needed at that yeah. moment oh, oh, even oh. before he died. It was really kind of interesting. Yeah, absolutely. All of that's true. That's just my. Oh, I know. Trust me. I, you. I get what you're saying. I mean, the scene was, well, it was awesome. It wasn't as impactful maybe as it could have been. Or And that's, say, that's but. entirely perce- subjective perception. True. It was a, an excellent element to what they were trying to do on it. Well executed. Just, I didn't connect with it probably like um, a lot of people did. So, yeah. But um, uh, one other thing kind of going along real quick with the uh, hallucinations do you know what the uh, not reference? Um, what the significance was of the repeated "What's your wound?" line? Not exactly, except perhaps to call attention to it, and that's the first thing that a human being said to him after. Oh, that's right. After he uh, came out of his coma, it's what Morgan says to him. I forgot about that. What's his wound? Because he wants to know if he was bitten. Did he say something? I thought I heard him say something. He called me Carl. Son, you know they don't talk. He missed the... What's the bandage for? What? What kind of wound? You answer me, damn you. What's your wound? You tell me, or I will kill you. Because, um... I noticed at one point, I had heard it a few times, and then I noticed at one point the closed captioning said Abraham next to the line. And then yeah. I realized that it was a bunch of past characters saying yeah. that line over yeah. and over again. But and I thought that, that was really cool. That's actually Morgan's line. You're right. Once you said that, it, it totally clicked. And I'm like, now, now I know why that was said so many yeah. times. But it was just yeah. really cool yeah. to have another yeah. layer of cameos, kind of, by having yeah. the line. And they had it sort of, uh, almost certainly they connected it because he was in and out of consciousness. Yeah. So. And they kept flashing back to the hospital too. So. Right. That was, was kind of cool. that was interesting. The helicopters flying at him. Yeah. Thinks they're yeah. birds. <laughs> but um, my second one is Daryl's reaction after Rick detonates a dynamite. Mm-hmm. Until that point when the camera focuses on Daryl's face when he realizes that Rick just sacrificed himself, I didn't really have any kind of emotional connection to what was going on. It was tense and it was interesting, but that look of sadness and grief and the loss of his brother. Yeah. On Norman Reedus's face just made a a more powerful statement about the effect of what Rick's absence will mean than any dialogue that they could have given him. Yeah. Say anything. And then he walks away after. Just that sad walk away. That loss, and and after they had that fight, and they reconciled, and then he tries to save him, and he realizes you can tell he realizes what he's going to do, and he helps him. 
And then just the realization doesn't hit him after he sees the explosion. Yeah. That was one of the most powerful scenes I've seen. A million things were said just in that brief span of seconds. Grief, sadness, regret. One of the last things I did was fight with this man. Yeah. Whom I loved. And now he's gone in this heroic sacrifice. And that like, would be my number one thing if I was writing them. I'm right there with you. Um, going along with that, like not taking anything away from Denai Guerra, but her scene of reaction to Rick, um, that yeah. was more kind of typical. You know what yeah. I mean? Not in a bad way. She acted the heck out of it, and she, you could see the pain and anguish in her face, but um, Norman's scene was just shot i guess you'd say norman's look on his face was just devastating um and powerful as heck i, I love yeah. that i agree um, yeah my number two is just uh, to kind of lighten the mood a little bit a little more simple um i loved the shot of the uh <laughs> the flaming walker waterfall going off the bridge i just thought yeah, that was that was really visually really good yeah, it was just very striking and awesome, you know, and just kind of cool to see. And, and an awesome conclusion to um, basically the, the law, this, how did I hear it? I heard it said some way that I thought it was really funny. Like the, uh, the most intense slow speed chase of all time, <laughs> just, yeah. just Rick on that horse and that slow herd coming behind him. But it was yeah. so tense at yeah. the same time, even though he was, you know, there was so much room and it was so slow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the, that, for the conclusion of that, you know, that he finally was able to blow up the bridge and just to see them all cascading off in flames. Yep. And then later on going down the river, this just huge mass of bodies. I just thought it was really cool to see. There's a scene in world war Z similar to that, where the zombie hordes, it takes place in India. The zombie hordes are approaching like the city mm-hmm. and this general is in charge of trying to stop them. And he has to basically manually detonate, these explosives on the bridge because the wires cut or something. Mm-hmm. And he does a similar sacrifice where he stands in the middle of the bridge while the zombies get to the middle and then he blows it. Oh, wow. Of course dies. And then they just describe this just torrent of bodies just falling in, in a not dissimilar way from the visual in the, in the show. Yeah. And that book was so much better than the movie. Yeah. Did you see yeah. that, the movie? I did. It was okay. I liked it as a movie by itself, but the book was phenomenal. Yeah. Did you it read was, the book? Yeah, I did. It was disappointing to see. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't know how they would really translate the book to a film better, but. Uh, oh, by just doing what's in the book. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was not a huge fan of the movie. The book was really awesome, but the, the oh, movie yeah. was good. You know, it was fun for a movie, like you said, but. Uh, yeah. And they were talking about doing sequels and stuff, but you know, that's yeah. not happening. Doesn't seem like it. it's been too long now. But you know the the uh, well, I was disappointed. To say yeah, that. me too. And not even because they're not actually zombies. <laughs> yeah. Infected. Yeah. So I just uh, yeah, it's another one where they changed changed it and they didn't need to. It it, it they could have they could have kept it to the storyline in the book. Apparently that and I ordered the audiobook. I've never listened to it yet, but the they do a dramatic reading of the book by different actors like Alan Alda and, and a whole bunch where they oh, do wow. the book. Yeah. So written by, um, um, the guy is Mel Brooks son, Max Brooks. 
Hmm. You know who Mel Brooks is? Yeah. Yeah, it's his son. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. So, all right, number three. The Maggie Negan Showdown. Yes. I didn't think she was actually going to kill them, Negan. You know, you kind of wonder if you'd have had a momentary sense of, of satisfaction by watching her connect that crowbar to his head. Yeah. And, I, you know, I read it and they showed on Talking Dead that that crowbar was specially crafted for that scene. Oh, wow. Maggie. And it was made by a local blacksmith who's been an extra on the show. Huh. But he made it to be the exact same length as Lucille. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yep. So, um, I didn't, like I said, I didn't think she'd kill him, but I also didn't think I'd be satisfied with the outcome as much as I was. It was very satisfying. And I liked that Michonne finally yielded and let the chips fall where they may. Mm-hmm. And that in the end, Maggie realized that, that how broken Negan was and that he wanted to die really meant that the person she had grown to hate was already dead. Yeah. And I thought that was very good. And I usually don't like that. I usually find that disappointing. But I thought it worked so well in the context of what Maggie needed. Hey, hope I'm not. No, no. Come on in. What's going on? Maggie's here. Aunt Maggie. One of the guys at the gate told me she just came in. What? it was the only thing I had the one thing I had was knowing I was going to see Glenn's murderer die and you took it from me if he'd butchered Rick in front of you instead of Glenn Mm, if you had a child to raise alone because of him he would have been dead a long time ago and you know it so stop acting like this is a choice stop acting like I can just turn it off because it has been a year and a half and I can't. And you really kind of, I've been rooted, I've been on her side of the argument the whole time, you know, mm-hmm. that they, they just need to do something drastic, even though it probably can make things worse. There's just no way she can live with it. Yeah. And beyond the scene that we'd already played, I, I love the entire conversation between her and Michonne. Just really. And I don't know if she... I don't know if Michonne yielded because she realized Maggie was right or she was just like, you know what? I got to just let this play out. Yeah. And it, if it happens, it happens. But- I think um, even in that clip that we played in the last episode, um, that line where she says, you know, if he had beaten Rick in front of you. He'd have been dead like, a long like, time he, ago. He yeah. And I think that was when Maggie, Maggie, Michonne was just like, well, you know what? She's not wrong. <laughs> and she's obviously going to do this whether I try to stop her or not. So, And I can either fight her. I can yeah. either fight her even though I do sympathize with her position or I can just hope that she'll come to, her, uh, come to a better place. Yeah. And she did. 
I thought this was a much better way for Maggie to come around to accepting or at least being at peace with Rick's way than just Rick's death causing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interested to see what they come up with for her departure from the show. Meaning now I assume some reason that they'll explain why she's not on the show anymore. She died or she's missing or something. Cause according to what I read in her contract, she withdrew. She wanted more money. And because she says she's getting lots of job offers from mm-hmm. other things, what she is, she signed on to a series on ABC. And that's the reason why she wasn't in, not going to be in more episodes because she has scheduling conflicts. According to what I read. But she also left open the door for future appearances. So whether mm-hmm. that's in dream sequences or whatever. I imagine that when the series finally winds down, that they'll have they'll do like a Michael Rosenbaum in Smallville where they'll bring him back for the yeah. last couple of episodes. I was just looking through my notes that I took while I was watching the episode and uh, I just wrote, whole group comes to save him. Yeah. And then I wrote dot, dot, dot in dream. <laughs> and then a minute later, it was the whole group did come to save him. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of cool. Um, I, I, it's kind of a, we already touched on it a little bit, but I loved how awesome it was. It was very, um, not rewarding, but it was, it was really amazing to see the whole group come in and just start taking out all the walkers right mm-hmm. in front of Rick. Of course that was a dream, but, uh, that was a really cool moment while it lasted. <laughs> yeah. um, a little disappointing that it was a fake out. But uh, yeah. yeah, I guess that's, um, I think that's really all I have for positives. I loved the whole episode, but for yeah. specific positives. When, when they actually do show up, I thought the, the visuals of them desperately running through the woods to try to get up to the bridge yeah. before Rick gets overwhelmed because mm-hmm. they can see he's, he's messed up. And they're just desperately, Maggie leading the charge, running through the woods, trying to get up there. And, of course, they don't make it before he blows the bridge. But anyway, my, uh, my final like is the next chapter begins. Hmm. I've been kind of waiting to see how they introduce the new characters. And it turns out what comes after was a great title because the, I believe volume 22, which is these. The, this set of six issues that comes after All Out War is finished. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the volume, I believe. That segment uh-huh. of the story, What Comes After. If I'm... Theater, What Comes After, A New Beginning. Now that I'm thinking about it, it might be A New Beginning. It doesn't matter. It's, it's there. Okay. <laughs> well, <that's laughs> I got a 50 church cent chance of ever remembering it right. <laughs> but uh, it, it turned out to be a great title to the episode because it's what happens what comes after the point where they come to grips with the world after their war is over with and seeing that the last segment is with magna and the new arrivals and then judas several years older really made me appreciate what they did with the first five episodes because i was like i like that it's new i like that it's not in the book but that segment in context with the new stuff really made sense because they had to tighten up these ends. What happens immediately after that with the saviors and all that, they don't do that really in the, in the book, at least at the point that I'm at. Hmm. And 
I thought it really put the new stuff in great context. Now, once I realized what was going on, when I saw who was fighting, and then particularly when they see the little girl, I'm like, that's Judith. Yeah. That's got to be Judith. And then she picks up the hat and puts it, puts it on. That's what Carl looked like in the book. <laughs> yeah. When he was young. Mm-hmm. Looked just like that. And but I loved Jude- the little touch, too, of having the katana that, you know, Michonne had an impact on her. I thought that yeah. was really cool. It just, I thought it, it worked. The, the scene in the book is a lot different. Those mm-hmm. Judith isn't part of, well, obviously, because Judith is dead in the book. Judith died at the prison when the governor attacked. But uh, they're rescued actually by Jesus and Rosita and several others. And then they go back to, to Alexandria. But this yeah. worked This worked great for the TV show. And when I saw that, I was excited about the show in a way I haven't been in a very long time. I'm, oh, my God. And then, then they showed that scene segment at the end about what's going to happen, scenes from the next three episodes. Yeah. They all look like they do in the book, especially Jesus with the man bun. Yeah. Ninja. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you won me back. Right. I, I, I was, I was really great. happy with that. Yeah. Uh, and even though this is kind of a mention, even though Rick's final scene involved Jadis, <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that they bookended it with, with the end of the pilot episode by playing young yeah. space junk. So cool. Like when Rick was stuck in the tank, I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. As soon as I heard it, I'm like, that's the music from the pilot. I was so happy. That was really cool to see. It was also part of the music from our end segment on here, our outro. I just used the beginning part of it. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that was great. And once Scott Gimple said what they're doing, that Rick Grimes is just not going to be on the show anymore. But Rick Grimes is not gone. They're making movies with him. Okay. So Rick's story is not over. For the beast that knows my name. Endlessly I list them in the master game. Welcome to my world. Welcome to my only world. Letters for space junk. But your words are coming through. And I like what Andrew Lincoln said about it on the Talking Dead when he said it's not the end of Rick Grimes' story, it's just the end of the beginning of Rick Grimes' story. There's still a lot more of his story to tell. Hmm. And the way they the way they made it sound, they're doing something similar to what the Marvel Cinematic Universe did with phases and different characters and different people they're going to look at. And he said they're even going to do adventures that take place in other parts of the world. Yeah. So that's I'm interested to see that. You know? I'm interested too. It'll be really cool to see how this all plays out because we're at a point as longtime fans of the show and people who think and talk about it a lot more than most mm-hmm. and dissect everything. We, we've seen a really awesome resurgence in our own interest in the show. This yeah. last season. You know, yeah. they really kind of won us back and this time jump really cool. Yeah. Six you years. Know? Yeah. And starting it off, with an amazing farewell episode to the main character of the show. Uh Um, And the fact that even though 
we'll talk about it in a minute. It could cheapen a little bit the mm-hmm. loss of him in the show. It's a really cool way, I think, to get the best of both worlds. Yeah, and 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 moving right in, using that as a segue. Mm-hmm. Um, as Gary just alluded to, my only I had two dislikes. They're both very minor. They both don't really impact much, but. Um, at the time I was watching and I kind of felt that the fact that Rick survived the explosion and then gets rescued by the helicopter people at the end kind of cheapened the heroic nature of his apparent sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And I was saying at the time I realized they did it to preserve the option of possible future appearances by Andrew Lincoln. Um, and this is before I heard the announcement that they are in fact doing that with movies. I just thought it was a little too Dark Knight Rises for me. Even though, I must say, I was very relieved that he didn't die. Spoiler alert. Uh, that, uh, it, you know, that it, it, it fulfills Alfred's fantasy that he had about just one day looking up at a cafe and seeing Bruce there nodding at him and that's it. <laughs> yeah. And that he goes off and there's no light. But at least, you know, Bruce Wayne got to run off with Anne Hathaway. Rick <laughs> got to run off with Jadis. I'm like, I would have rather been left on the ditch. <laughs> How I'm, great would it have been if he just wakes up and says, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kill me now. Unless, unless, unless Adriana Palicki was on the helicopter. Then, you know, okay. Well, if she played Jadis, I think we'd have a lot less problems with Jadis. You know, you're right. <laughs> Jadis would be my favorite character then. Yeah, she could be exactly the same, just as annoying, but I think we'd like her a lot yeah, more. The, the, yeah, it's, it, yeah. <laughs> no. She's not annoying. Ever. She's not, it's not possible. She Take can't be annoying. She's a great actress, but she can't even play annoying. Take she's that back. Take annoying. that back. <laughs> okay, I take it back. Take that back. You know uh, who is really annoying? That dickhead horse. The horse. I'm like, fuck you, you horse. Fuck. <laughs> Throwing Rick on the rebar in front of two converging herds wasn't bad enough. You had to then dump him in front of the converged herd later on and run off like a fucking horse. Chris Hardwick was right, horse. You are a dick. Stupid horse. Stupid horse. I agree. 100% agree. Yes. Um, I'm still quite confused about who the helicopter people are. Um, I did notice, you know, in a close-up still shot that they seem to have the hazmat sign on the helicopter. I don't know what (laughs) that means. But I thought that I was positive that was Ryan Hurst on the radio. But Mm -hmm. given Scott Gimple's announcement that Rick Grump is not going to be part of AMC Created Films, that continue to tell the story. I don't know what the hell is going on at yeah. all. I don't know who those people are. Is it Georgie's people? Is it the whispers earlier? Yeah, yeah I like don't Commonwealth know. maybe. But well, I don't know. I'm assuming Georgie is from the Commonwealth. Probably, yeah. I, I don't know. But it's I'm really, betting that really Ge- I'm betting that Georgie is part because she mentions part of that community because she mentions they only contact smart or strong people mm. which could be something to do with the A and the B although how how Gabriel's an A and Rick is a B must have something to do with the apparent strength of will I don't know yeah, I have no I don't, idea I don't what really the hell that is or where, where he's going or what they're going to do to him I don't know I initially was thinking and I took it out of the notes because um, I don't know. I took it out of my notes. I think you still have it in your copy. But I thought perhaps maybe 
Rick Grimes is no longer around because they do something to him that makes him have a new a character and a new personality. And he doesn't know who he was before. He thinks he's somebody new because of whatever they do to him. Hmm. Like, I'm not Rick anymore. Now I'm Bob. <laughs> and I don't know who you are. You know, that kind of thing. But yeah. That would be really kind of soap opery. Yeah. I like that I was wrong about, apparently wrong about that. So I don't know. But I don't know what the hell's going on with a helicopter. But yeah, me neither. I like that in the little coming attraction segment, they mentioned you hear um, uh, Eugene, which Eugene appears to have developed some good combat skills. Yeah, over that six-year jump. So I'm, I'm interested to see that. <laughs> I'm interested to see that because I've generally hated that character. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you can hear him say the the walkers have evolved or they're evolving. <laughs> you say they're milling around in the middle like that. Have we ever seen them do that before? So you can freak uh-huh. people out wondering what the hell's going on and hear them talk. Where are they? They showed that scene. Yeah. But it's, it's Daryl and Rosita hiding in, in the mud there in the book. It was just two sentries uh, on patrol who come back and say the, as the walkers are talking now, I don't know if that's important, but I just thought I'd pass it on. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything. So, well, anyway, everything else? Um, no, I think we kind of covered it all. All right. Well, again, this was a great episode, and, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next. Me too. In a way that, I, haven't, in a way that I have not been in many a moon, Gary. Yeah. Many moons. Really, they reinvigorated us. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I was reading that um, Angela Kang is getting some really good praise for what she's been doing as the new showrunner. Mm. So hopefully, you know, a woman's touch is what they needed. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's what it is and put some humanity in it. And they said what they, they really liked about it was it was kind of returning to a more character development like Frank Darabont. Frank Darabont's six, the first six episodes were great because yeah. he did more of that than the, the zombies really were the backdrop. And the, the all-out war was more, I guess, had elements that people just couldn't connect with as much. I like the way Andy Lincoln said, and I believe it was his farewell letter that we started off as an indie movie and became a blockbuster phenomenon. Yeah. Like zombie. Like, I mean, it's true. Like the first season was very kind of subtle and indie, you know, and not a lot of big actors and, you know, yeah. kind of low key. And then it's become a thing even bigger than they ever probably expected. When was low key in it? <laughs> Uh, probably about the same time uh, Matt Damon played him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> you ever hear why they did that? No. They couldn't get no one on the uh, their voice cast could do a good impression of Matt Damon, so they just decided <laughs> to make him sound like a dummy. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, they're just like, well, no one can do his voice, so uh, Matt Damon. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I wonder if Matt Damon found that funny. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the film actors guild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do things. That, yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Mm-hmm. Remember to leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com 
or by posting a comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash walking dead podcast. And you can give us a call on our voicemail line at five, six, one, five, zero, one, one, four, eight, three. Anyway, there's never been a better time to be a nerd. Gary, a city, please. Um, <laughs> Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Yeah. I believe I've done that before, but we'll, we'll go with it. Why not? Yeah, it's, it works. So it's, it's sort of like Gainesville, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> or Gainesville, Georgia. Or Gainesville, Alabama. There's a few Gainesvilles. <laughs> There's a bunch. Yep. Or Paris, Texas, or Florida, New York. <laughs> you know? Or what was the other one? Uh, Tarpon Springs. We've never done Tarpon Springs. So stay safe, Tarpon Springs, in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and the Gainesvilles. And we'll see you back here for our next episode. Hike. <laughs> exactly.